0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Episode 78 of the podcast that is sweeping the nation, taking over planet Earth. It's One Man's Opinion. Welcome to it, one and all. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, commenting, sharing with friends, whatever you've done. Uh, Podcast is blowing up. Numbers are looking good. Increasing people every single week, which is what we want to see. Want to be pumping out as many episodes as humanly possible for you guys. I love the uncensored stuff, to be quite honest. So if you are a first-time listener, welcome to it. This is the One Man's Opinion Podcast. We talk sports. We talk life. We talk everything here, folks. Uh, My name is Jeff Manns. You can hear me weekday afternoons on SiriusXM's fantasy sports radio channel. 87 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I host the show called The Elite Sports Show every weekday. Also, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm co owner and uh, one of the uh, managing partners of the Elite Sports Network. FantasyGuru.com 2021 Fantasy Football Draft Guide is live over there. Rankings and projections and coaching breakdowns and offensive lines and best ball guide and dynasty league guide and auction draft book and everything you need in this world to not only draft a great team but manage it all season long. You could find it at fantasyguru.com, elite fantasy.com for all your daily fantasy sports needs. We got baseball every single solitary day. We get MMA PGA. Esports, we've got NASCAR, we've got um, e- everything you could possibly imagine um, basketball when they have the offseason stuff that, that rolls around G leagues and all of that soccer at uh, several times a week. All daily fantasy sports and also preseason NFL. If you're listening uh, this week, it's preseason week one, the time I'm recording this episode at least. So we have four different slates for daily fantasy football alone. So get over there, elitefantasy.com. The early bird prices are still in effect, even though they should have been up on August 1st. So take advantage of our pure stupidity on elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com. For all your legalized sports betting needs, you could follow me, Jeff Mans, on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. All right, folks, episode 78. Today, I am solo. We're going to do more of the roundtables. You guys seem to love those. So we're going to pump out more of those some fantasy football roundtables, some social life behind the scenes at elite sports. Maybe get our guy Rob Brink and Rusty Nuts and some of these guys on the program. Should be a lot of fun. But I wanted to knock out uh, an important episode in the fantasy football preseason for everybody out there because I want to talk about late round sleepers. I want to talk about the later rounds. Because I realize in a once a week podcast that I'm running out of daylight, even though it's just mid August when I'm recording this. The football season, the regular season, is going to be here before we know it. So I want to give you guys as much lead time by discussing in great detail my late round favorites. All right. We've addressed at this point in time all the early round stuff for the most part. If not, get over to fantasyguru.com. Our draft room is live, it's 24 seven live chat. Jump in there with me, Ted Schuster, Ray Flower, Tyler Beaker, Armando Marsal, Russell Clay, our entire crew over there, and check that out. But I want to focus on the later rounds here today. Number one, uh, before we get into that, I get my opportunity now on the podcast to do the things I can't say on SiriusXM, like you got to be out of your fucking mind to draft Trey Lance. That's right. For those of us in the show, I'll get my Trey Lance in here. Damn it. You guys are out of your fucking minds. It's such a terrible, terrible pick. And he's the, the biggest leaper up average draft position in fantasy football. There is right now. And I'm just not seeing it again. You just are not going to get that kind of return. On a, at the quarterback position. they just so limited. If you need to draft a, a project quarterback or a later round flyer or any of that, draft Justin Fields and just let it fucking go. Trey Lance is such a project who can't throw the football anyway. They drafted him with the pure intent to use him in wildcat formations, but to, for him to sit around and collect dust while learning the NFL game, learning the system behind Jimmy Garoppolo. They'll trade Garoppolo in the off season and it's over. And then it's Trey Lance's team. So if you're in a dynasty league, it's different. If you're at a redraft, you're an absolute idiot for drafting Lance. I'm sorry. You just are, Uh, you just are, you don't need, you're not, he's not going to outperform Justin Herbert by a two to one margin. Like it's not happening. He, if the best thing that happens if Trey Lance does start from week one somehow and does outperform Justin Herbert, you're only going to lose if, you, let's say, you faded Lance and all that stuff happened, which is very unlikely. You're going to be losing about a point and a half to two and a half points a game. That's that's the worst case scenario for for losing for fading Lance. The worst case scenario for drafting Trey Lance is you sit with a backup quarterback on your roster for the first three, four, five weeks. And then you eventually cut them because the temptation on the waiver wire is going to be too hot. So those are the reasons there. Uh, I have a lot to get to today folks. So I'll dive right in here and uh, let's talk quarterback. Let's get dive right into it. Late round quarterbacks. If uh, here are all of the following are better options than Trey Lance, because all of the players that I will discuss here with you today are actually going to play football. It's, I know it's it's tough to it's tough to understand. It's it's a miracle, and it's why everybody seems to be uh, nobody wants sure things, right? No, you, everybody wants um, everybody wants just like projects and, and just you know some kind of uh, I I don't know weirdness you just want project i don't know what you want. you want difficulty points i think that's the ultimate thing and it, it drives me absolutely freaking bananas. but anyway uh my late round sleeper at the quarterback position. i'll start with one of my favorites and by the way for the the context here of late round, it's after round 10. So round 11 on up that's pick 121 plus an overall average draft position in a 12-team league. That's what I'm assuming here. So it's pick 120 and above is where I'm going for the purposes of this exercise. And if you need to draft a second a second quarterback in a one-quarterback league, you really should just get one of the top 10 to 12 guys and just leave it at that. You don't have to punt the position and just completely forget about it. I think there's a very nice sticking point around round six, grab a Russell Wilson and move on with your freaking life. That that's what I would recommend folks doing and not bury the needle. If you want a second quarterback, sometimes you have deeper leagues or your, there's some keeper options and maybe there's something there. Uh, I have better names for you on this list. Uh, my top target, in a, as a second quarterback Um, right now, it's Carson Wentz because it looks like Wentz is going to be back in time, possibly for the start of the season. And if you recall, I had him as a top 12 fantasy quarterback going into the season before the foot injury, obviously, um, you know, derailed him and and um, and the start of his, his potential start of his season. Here's the deal. Carson Wentz pushes the ball deep. He throws the ball downfield. That's something that when you start breaking it all down, quarterbacks that aren't the elite of the elite, but have better fantasy seasons than expected, think Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, um, guys like that, they are very efficient and effective with the deep ball. Okay, so that's a good sign. Josh Allen before last year is basically he relied on that. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Ryan, you think of Ryan freaking Tannehill that's so efficient that it's hard to believe and even understand, right? And uh, and that's why, because he, he makes the most of those deep passes, 20 yards plus. And when it comes to Carson Wentz, that's something back in his days with Frank Reich in Philadelphia in 2017, that was his he was on track to win the MVP of the league before getting hurt against the LA Rams that year and pushed the ball downfield. He's got pit Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell and T Y Hilton. Some real, real good field stretchers there at the wide receiver position. He's got adequate protection, which if you are a deep ball passer, that's an important element. You have to be able to, you need time in order to hang on to the football and, and, hurl it down the field whether you're under pressure or not you just need that extra half a second to a second and he's going to get that with a one of the best offense lines if not the best offense line he's ever had you know assuming quentin nelson is healthy which he's on pace to be in week one so as of now carson wentz i'll take him as a second quarterback and with with the idea that he could technically be my number one possibly okay you know i think he he has that kind of setup here in Indianapolis other names Daniel Jones is another name you gotta look at I did the podcast a couple of weeks ago um when I did the Chase the Chargers and then a, a couple of uh I think in the next episode I did a, a bunch of the uh, I talked about the Giants and how they're stacked with talent all around them I mean Daniel Jones entering year number three, you know, his skill set is that if he was a rookie coming into the league, you would measure Daniel Jones. Like, like if they just, this is all contextual, right? Daniel Jones just turned 24 years old. Daniel Jones is Duke educated, by the way. He's six, six, he's 225 pounds. He is one of only seven quarterbacks to run for 400 plus yards last year. He is an athletic quarterback, escaped the pocket, can run, um, get out of the pocket and run, run for almost 300 yards in 12 games uh, in his rookie campaign in 2019. So he has that mobility, not a, not a Trey Lance, just a field type of mobility, but he can certainly get outside the pocket, pick up first downs and all of that. If you just measure him against Lance or fields or Lawrence, I mean, he'd be, he'd be ahead of Lance. I think Fields is higher. I think Lawrence is higher, but he'd be right there. ahead of Zach Wilson by far yet because we've seen him for two years and he's somewhat struggled. Okay. Turnover prone. But I mentioned he had the same amount of turnovers as Josh Allen last year. So careful what, you know, when you start criticizing players, you got this while your analysis has to be the same and fair and balanced because you can't say, Oh, it doesn't matter for a guy. I like Josh Allen. And it does matter for a guy I don't like. Now, find a new reason uh, for Daniel Jones. And the truth is, is a young quarterback each of the last two years. But enter into year three, they go out and get him Galladay, go out and get him Kyle Rudolph, go get two new offensive line coaches that ideally will help protect him a little bit better, okay? We know how shitty the NFC East division is. All right, you've got a healthy Darius Slayton, who he's at great chemistry with over the years, a possession receiver in Sterling Shepard, a first-round pick in Kadarius Toney, another slot guy in Dante Pettis, another deep threat in John Ross, who is hurt already, by the way, shocker, in training camp. And, oh, by the way, they're getting Saquon Barkley, perhaps the best running back in the league skill-wise, back. And you don't think that there's possibility that Daniel Jones is going to break out? There's a good possibility that he breaks out here in this year. In fact, Daniel Jones uh, was talking about the deep ball with Carson Wentz. He was third in deep ball efficiency last year in the NFL. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Number two, Derek Carr. Number three, fucking Daniel Jones. So, uh, and you you got rushing abilities, going to run for 450-plus yards again this year uh, from a quarterback. That's really good fantasy points. So, I – completely agree i'm not going i don't want daniel jones to be my starting quarterback on week one absolutely not but when you're looking for that late round breakout there's your guy I new mean, wentz is there daniel jones is there sam Darnold reunited with matt rule and joe brady in, uh, in in carolina now out of new york away from adam Gase, could only be a good thing right it really is. Um, this is a team that Teddy Bridgewater was averaging over 16 points per game last year for Carolina. And Teddy Bridgewater is the ultimate dink and dunk guy. And by the way, he didn't have McCaffrey at his disposal. They also go out and, uh, and get the L- uh, kid from LSU, Terrace Marshall. So they add a third receiver here in Carolina to go along with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who Sam Darnold is very familiar with. And uh you know, gonna push the ball up the field a lot more. You get McCaffrey back. I mean, that's gonna help this offense as a as a whole, right? Marshall's a big play type receiver, was at least at LSU. He's big, he's strong, he's physical, uh, and, and he loves big games for whatever reason. National championship game, catching two touchdowns, he a bowl game, he is in any big game. That guy rose to the challenge. So He's surrounded with talent and he's going 15th round, basically not even thought about again. All of these late round quarterbacks, I'm comfortable with any one of those, whether it's Wentz, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold being my second QB in a two-quarterbackslash super flex league. I really am. Remember that the at quarterback, the guy you think you're getting is never really the guy you're getting. I said on the Sirius XM show the other day where last year, Josh Allen was a ninth-round quarterback. All right, you're, you were talking about picks. He was going at pick um, 104, all right, over pick 100 last year for Josh Allen, and he finished UB number one. The year before that, Lamar Jackson, he was going in round 12, pick one forty. Overall was Lamar Jackson. He finished QB one in 2018. Patrick Mahomes was going in the ninth round, had an ADP of 99. All right. And, uh, and he finished as QB one set all those records, of course, as well. 2017, it was 2018, 2017. It was Carson Wentz. What do you know about that? He was a 10th round pick 118 was his ADP and he, he was on pace. He only played 10 games. But he was QB1 during those 10 games in a point per game basis. In 2000. and that was 2017, 2016, it was Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was a 14th round pick, basically undrafted at pick 165 overall. It's barely, is that even in the that's a fifth? Oh, that's 14th round, barely in a 12-team league. And um going to the 14th round, he was QB two and he won the MVP that year. Speaking of MVPs, 2015, guy by the name of Cam Newton won the MVP, was the number one point scorer for quarterbacks. He was drafted in the 12th round with, the, with the, uh, an ADP of 138. So, folks, what the fuck are you looking at here? Seriously, what are you doing? Stop. Don't you see that trend? The trend is not last year's breakout quarterback repeats. The only one of any of these guys that repeated is Patrick Mahomes. He's the only one, which is why he's the number one quarterback and everybody's bored. And rightfully so, back-to-back Super Bowls as well. So Mahomes, yes, but Wentz, Ryan, Cam, Lamar, none of these guys repeat it. Josh Allen, you think he's going to repeat? It? He may, he may, but are is it worth it? No, it's not worth it. Just just nod your head with me, all right? It's not worth it. Um, so there you go. And again, Justin Fields said it a hundred thousand times. That Justin. When you're looking at a rookie quarterback, you know Zach Wilson's going to play. And you don't know Trey Lance is going to play. You don't know if Mac Jones is going to play. Just Fields is going to play. Dalton's going to get that first two weeks with the Cincinnati revenge game in week two. After that, it's Justin Fields at some point. I'm predicting week four. I think that's a very good time. Remember, they, Matt Nagy is on the hot seat he has to show something and something he has to show that he has a chemistry with everyone knows the franchise belongs to Justin Fields right now. Ryan Pace, the GM Matt Nagy, the head coach offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor. everybody in Chicago knows that they have to show a relationship and a closeness and a bond with Justin Fields. They have to show that they're progressing with him in order for ownership and manage upper management to retain them going forward that they're part of the rebuild they have to and that means it starts that does not mean starting andy dalton for 10 weeks absolutely not it's different with the 49ers because the bears are not competing for a championship they're they are not competing for a division title. 49ers based, you know, the defense that they have, Nick Bosa coming back, that great offensive line, George Kittle being healthy. They believe they are competing. I am skeptical whether they will. I don't, I am last in that division, but they believe they're competitive. And thus you're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo for half the season. He's going eight weeks. And you know, again, if there's an injury, if one, if there's an injury, you're, this is something I, didn't, I haven't said either. Are we sure Trey Lance is the quarterback? Because I'm not, you know, not that Josh Rosen has showed us anything, but Nate Sudfeld is a guy that's a lot of coaches like for whatever fucking reason it is. It's not a given that if they're competitive and Garoppolo goes down, if they're six and two and Garoppolo goes down at that point, they're not going to hand it over to Trey Lance. I well it, i'll put it this way it's a 50 50 whether he's even the backup if they're rolling like that they may go to a veteran so that's the thing you guys got to be careful with that and hence uh if we're talking about but i'll give you a couple busts in the late round two just guys i'm avoiding it's trey lance and it's Tua Tagovailoa as well i just don't see the fit with miami miami's trying to make a deal for deshaun watson anyway And they wouldn't do that. Everything's revolves around Tua. If Miami thought they could compete for a title with Tua, they wouldn't even think about it. Nobody's even thinking about acquiring another quarterback or trading the guy they drafted in the first round the previous year if they believe in him. And we see it on the field. We see the skill set. It's just not there. So can Tua squeak out and wrench his way to a a top 15, maybe even top 12 performance. It's, it's possible. He's got a lot of big playmakers in Fuller and Jalen Waddle, but Jalen Waddle's small and a rookie. Will Fuller's always hurt and really only good because Deshaun Watson. So, you know, it's not like Daniel Jones has all those studs in, in New York. These are not studs. These are just fast guys that maybe can get loose and make big plays, but aren't polished receivers at all. So that's why I'm out on Tua. Um, Moving on, running back position. Running back, late-round running backs are very difficult. And I told myself as I was preparing for this episode, I did not want to do this thing where I just gave you – I don't want to give you bullshit, and I don't want to give you – Uh, you know, Alexander Madison and uh, 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 Latavius Murray and Gus Edwards, Tony Pollard folks, those are premium handcuff guys. All right. Those guys all should be drafted and with some priority well before the 10th round. All right. Well, before the, before the start of the 11th round, let's say, okay. Just to be safe. Those are not sleeper running backs. Those are absolute studs. If the starter ahead of them goes down, there's a difference. And, you know, in my business, I've been around for a long time, 16 years doing this, uh, 12 years full time at this point. And I know the tricks, you know, I see other people, I see young guys coming up. I I see the new companies popping up. I, I see the landscape, and what people try to do, and it's you know, there's a right now in our world, we have a very dearth of effort. People that want to work for it and uncover things. What they want to do is the easy road. The easy road is tell you, I'm all in uh oh, my sleeper here is Tony Pollard, guys gonna ball out. Because Tony Pollard ain't gonna do shit. What's he gonna do have a one random two touchdown game, and the cowboys are getting blown out and something. Tony Pollard is a stud if Zeke Elliott goes down. Okay, if that if that's the analysis you're looking for, fucking take it down the road, folks. I I'm I work too hard for that shit. That those are layups, and those who listen to one man's opinion here, uh, fantasy guru subscribers, elite elite fantasy subscribers, the elite mafia, you guys, you should be better than that by now if not we that's the road we're going this is not if you're newer to us i understand how you could get caught up in it but just listen to some previous episodes keep listening keep hanging out with us and our crew and the type of analysis you're going to get is a lot better than oh i hope somebody goes down hope somebody has an injury and then i'm a genius that's lazy so i'm in the late rounds you're looking for players at the running back position for players with a path to effectiveness, a path to steady fantasy production. There are the the late rounds around 11 plus are, there aren't any players that are just going to produce 16 plus fantasy points, which is our target on a weekly basis for the running back position On the regular, we're not going to see a guy. Oh, yeah, he's going to, unless there's an injury or or some sort of role change or something like that. that. So we have to be careful with that. And I don't want to give you guys just randoms, but it's also important to align yourself as you take those late round running backs to get guys who could improve. You want both, all right? You want a guy that, in case of emergency, oh shit, it's Sunday morning fucking covid you know raining down on locker rooms and the northeast or somewhere where there's glutton of games and and you're like shit i need a i need a running back i can't do waiver moves because the commissioner locks it on sunday morning after saturday night i need a guy i got to put in and just you know give me eight to 12 and we'll just call it a day and try to win with the rest of my line. you need that that's what you're getting in the late rounds that's what outside of handcuffs that's what you should be looking for but also the best play running backs late round running backs that have that kind of val- standalone value is what i call it also have an opportunity that if there is an injury that yes they also increase so it's it's dual sided they're not just pigeonholed into one role all right and you know they're pigeonholed into one role and no matter what, that's that's their only upside. So, um, let me make an. I'll, I'll give you an example. It's one of the guys that was, it's on my bust list in the late rounds. It's J.D. McKissick. McKissick's got a 136.80 ADP As we sit here today, puts him at the start of the 12th round, roughly in a 12-team league. 80 receptions a uh, year ago, 100 plus targets, unbelievable. We at FantasyGuru.com believe Antonio Gibson's going to get the lion's share of those targets and receptions, most likely out of the Washington backfield. One, I'm pretty sure with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who likes to throw the ball downfield more, you're not going to get as many targets and receptions from a running back as there were last year with Alex Smith, Okay. So that it's going to decrease. You got to take about 25% off right off the top of that. But, you know, Gibson already caught 36 passes last year. You know, it's not like he's not a pass catcher. He was a wide receiver in college. Folks don't know that they're making, they made him a running back last year. It's pretty surprising how effective he was on the ground. But the Washington offense line played better, yada, yada, yada. So McKissick has one roll and one job because if gibson goes down which there you know happened at at times last year you know gibson would get banged up you know ever since the uh that monster uh, thanksgiving day game if i'm remembering correctly against the the cowboys but when he would go down jd mckissick isn't going to carry the ball I, you know, he had one rushing touchdown last year. Did I'm surprised he had 85 rushing attempts. that will never fucking happen again. Never. So that is something you have to know. There's no upside there. He's not all of a sudden JD McKissick's going to run the ball a lot because so there's no upside. The upside is what he did last year. And that's not, it's so incredibly, impossibly unlikely that um, not worth investing in. So you want to stay away. From those types of players. The types of players you do want to identify in the late rounds at running back are guys like uh Philip Lindsay. All right, Philip Lindsey, it's a disaster in Houston. It's an abortion, just awful. Mark, Ingram, David, John, it's all garbage, just pure garbage. Lindsey's the only player, only running back there. Whose age and skill set is that of a useful piece for the Houston Texans. I mean, he can catch the pass out of the backfield, even though he struggled in that capacity in Denver. He was never really a great pass catcher in Denver, but he's small. They're definitely eyeballing him that way. That's that's how uh um, I'm blanking on uh Tim Kelly, a guy who's Deshaun Watson's best friend. He uh, plans on using Philip Lindsay in that capacity as a sort of third down back. The thing is, Lindsay's elusive. Philip Lindsay's elusive. He he's smaller, but he could break tackles on there as well, and he's just by far the most effective runner in the Houston Texans backfield. Now, Texans aren't going to have a lot of leads. They're not going to run out a lot of games. But for big plays, when they do, they're down three touchdowns like they're almost definitely going to be. And then they do run the ball. It's going to be against the soft front where Philip Lindsay is over 5.4 yards per carry over uh, his four-year career. So pretty good. Right. Pretty, uh, pretty three year career. I gave him a fourth year just for the hell of it. So Lindsey's the kind of guy. And then when Ingram goes down, because we know he was Ingram's tapping out, he's getting a paycheck. Texans are going to be Owen to seven and peace out. Mark Ingram, David Johnson, David Johnson will keep fighting around, but Lindsey's going to take over that backfield. So he's a guy that will send into a bigger role. He'll have some standalone ability early. He's always got the big play potential to take it to the house. He's going to be using a pass-catching role, so he's got some of that stability, if you will. Ugh. and uh, But he could emerge into a, a much bigger role. So, Philip Lindsay makes a lot of sense. Um, Tevin Coleman. Jeez, everyone's fucking blanking on Tevin Coleman. Michael Carter is a third-down running back. Okay, somebody's got to be the early down back for the New York Jets. They brought in Tevin Coleman because every single coach on the staff is familiar with him from Atlanta and San Francisco because every offense coach is from Atlanta and San Francisco, as is the head coach, Robert Sala. So, um, you know, that's where, you know, Carter's the more electric runner. um, Great, again, out of the backfield, but he's significantly undersized. He's not an ideal candidate for the goal line work either. And that's where this is. Tevin Coleman will likely see the majority of his snaps early downs. um, He is a good pass catcher. He could emerge into that role if Carter were to go down, but also on the goal line, you know, there's buzz Elijah Moore. He's a big guy that uh, everybody was buzzing about in camp. The thing is Coleman's not being used and (laughs) it's, Tevin Coleman, the reason he's not being used, he's given the he's getting the veteran treatment in New York. Should he be? No, but he is because the coaches know him, they like him, they know what they're getting, and they want to keep him fresh. That's why he's not being used. So I would I agree in drafting Michael Carter over Coleman, of course, but he's technically gonna be the one A most likely in New York. And he's going in the freaking 15th round. So it's super late. And if Carter does go down and jets were competitive, they don't have anybody else. Like I said, Elijah Moore, like you gotta be freaking kidding me, man. Uh, that's not, that's not going to feed the bulldog. And so Tevin Coleman, um, a good investment in those later rounds. Um, well, Michael P Ryan's hanging out there too. I should have bet you that. So, uh, but that was the old regime. They, they tried to see what they had out of this rookie last year and it did okay, but couldn't stay healthy and just couldn't, you know, couldn't hang for all intents and purposes. Um, another undersized guy in the Michael P Ryan, but uh, nevertheless, other late round running back candidates, Xavier Jones of the Rams. Now there's a, that's an interesting name because Xavier Jones is a, um, Everything's opened up for the Rams now that Cam Akers is out and you got Daryl Henderson. I I said this a million times, Daryl, if Daryl Henderson, if Sean McVay really truly believed in him, then Cam Akers was never drafted last year, just bottom line. So no matter what the instability is there, and the opportunity for Xavier Jones, um, second-year player, didn't, didn't show much last year because he didn't play on the ground. He played special teams. But coaches love that shit, man. They really do. He's a bigger kid. Um, he plays tougher, mo- more moving the, the pile, if you will. So short yardage back. Because remember, Daryl Henderson's 5'8", man. This is 200 pounds. Xavier Jones a little bit bigger. It's 5'11", 215 so uh he's the goal line backs are what we're looking for in la i always reference 58 touchdowns in the last two three years 20 touchdowns on the ground per year in la that is what my pastor calls a fuck ton right a fuck ton that's insane amount of rushing touchdowns that's what sean mcveigh's offense presents so so Jones will have that short yardage role, the Malcolm Brown, I think Malcolm Brown type role. Okay. And if something happened to Darrell Henderson, this again, guy who will have some standalone ability. And then if injury happens, whole you know, floodgates open. So not a true handcuff only type like Madison Pollard and the like, but have some, some of that. James White is another guy that I'll throw into the mix. Um, you know, Cam Newton, that shoulder, has that shoulder ever been right ever since that year in Carolina? Don't forget, from that point in time, what was that, 2017, 2018? 2018, I think, in Carolina, that's where Christian McCaffrey got all of his receptions because Cam couldn't throw the ball downfield any longer. Just could not do it for whatever reason. So you got to think to yourself – you know, check down Charlie, James White, you know, makes a lot of sense. We, we've talked about um, – or lately it's been in the news with James White and Belichick glowing about him and all that. They love him. And, you know, he, he he's a better runner than people give him credit for. He's not your tradition. He's not Tariq Cohen. Right, James White. He's a guy who, who does have speed and effectiveness on the ground. So it's a mess in New England. There's no question about it. So when you draft James White, where's he going? Round around yeah, 12, beginning around 12, 129, end of round eleven, you you're getting a pass catcher only, full point PPR type of league set up. And then he needs mu- he needs multiple injuries, but that's another late round. Sleeper type. Um, I mentioned McKissick. I'm not touching Kenny Gainwell. I'm not touching in Philadelphia. I really like Kenny Gainwell skill set. I really hate Kenny Gainwell where he was drafted to in Philadelphia with Sanders and Boston Scott, but can Carrion Johnson Rick and Jordan Howard? I don't trust the Philadelphia Eagles as far as I could throw them with running backs, and it's a new coach new offensive coordinator but they come from la chargers they come from or san diego Chargers, and then the indianapolis colts right that's two teams that while sirianni and steichen were around did a lot of rotating and running back it just doesn't i wish godspeed to gain well i like the talent but for me talent ain't enough i've never once drafted a guy and said yes i get 16 fantasy points per game because this guy is the perfect size and speed and perfect talent can catch and block and good at the goal line. Nope. I only get those points for when he's in the fucking game. And if he's not in the game or if he's rotating out, then I don't get points and I know likey. So I'm out on Kenny Gainwell. Uh, moving along, go to the wide receiver position here. Um, wide outs that I'm in on for the 2021 season well <laughs> those that listen to me I, i'm going down my checklist you could hear me laugh a little bit because i'm all in it's it's official that i'm just all in me cole hardman and all the way in the only thing i'm kind of worried about i hate i hate when the news comes out that oh hard to this is love with two no shit you absolute fucking buffoons you guys do you, anybody pay attention we know he's the number 2 i've been saying that of course he's the number 2 but here's the deal and since by since he's been named that that story came out and from this recording it was 4 days ago miko hardman's adp went from 138.14 to 115.80 so technically He's going in the 10th round, doesn't qualify for this. So I, I put him on the list because I did last seven days in which his ADP is 121.52. So he is technically qualifies for me right now, but he's going a little sooner because that freaking news, the number two in Kansas city has never really produced. Take away one game from Sammy Watkins, which was week one of 2019. It's nothing. The second receiver doesn't really produce, but He's just like at running back position. Hardman has some standalone ability. I wouldn't start Mikael Hardman when I draft him, and I'm going to draft him in every league. I think I have already. I will. He will be my wide receiver five. Like I'm, he's not even a flex option, ideally, right? I, I would draft uh, Russell Gage or you know somebody like that that has some more. I would start them ahead of Hardman. You could, and if you start them, it's a bye week, or you suffered some injuries, or it's a great matchup, you know, and then you're hoping for that home run, that that long shot which with Hardman. But what you're really looking for and I'm looking for is Tyree Kill grabbing those hamstrings. He's already done it in training camp. Uh, it's so beautiful. I, I know it. I just know Tyree Kill is ripe for injury, like significant injury. And entering his third season, Mikko Hardman is Tyreek Hill, man. The exact, they lo- the Chiefs lose nothing with this move. And thus, uh, I just give me him in the 11th, 12th round every single time, and I- I'm going to take it. He's moving up to the 10th round. I'll still probably take it. All right, I'm still in. I'm guy got, got four touchdowns at 560 yards, 40 receptions last year, and four starts for Mikel Hardman it's just nuts. So I'm in on him. Uh, like, uh, like me Hardman, a, a great deal. As a matter of fact, just, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to oversell here, but you know, when games of Tyree kill got hurt or, um, or went down, uh, t- uh, week three, six, uh, targets four for 81 and a touchdown for, uh, um, Hardman the following week, uh, Tyreek returned, but he went down in that game against New England. Four catches, four targets, 27 yards, a touchdown for Mikko Hardman. Uh, week eight, Tyreek Hill leaves the game. Got nine targets, seven receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. In that one, it's like, <laughs> man, it's it's just freaking glorious. It really is. It's just absolutely glorious um, for Michael Hardman at that spot. And again, don't draft him to start, but – draft him to hold him other players that I like with the higher ADP at the wide receiver position I really am in on Henry Ruggs and we've had some good reporting on him throughout training camp thus far can't wait to see the Las Vegas Raiders you know what this offense looks like it's a worse offensive line losing Rodney Hudson in the middle losing uh their deep threat Nelson Aguilar which is what I'm really excited for when it comes to um when, when it comes to Henry Ruggs, you know, there's some other smoke around the Raiders and Darren Wallers is kind of gone, you know, left eight days ago and hasn't really come back. And so, you know, some issue with that, um, more on that later on, by the way, but, and then there were you know, Brian Edwards, they're excited about which a you know, former, um, uh, was a dolphin draft pick. And, uh, you know, a guy that just has, he's trying to learn the wide receiver position and I don't view Brian Edwards as a starter. He's more of a project wide receiver. So that leaves Zay Jones, John Brown, Willie Sneed and Henry Ruggs and Ruggs is a first round pick 12th pick overall. He made big game winning catch down the stretch last season. Derek card talked about deep ball, Ability and it was second in the league last year in uh, passing uh, yardage, or I'm sorry, third in yardage, second in a deep ball rating, and uh, in, in, out of NFL quarterbacks last season. And Nelson Aguilar was an absolute freaking beast as a result of that. And now Nelson Aguilar is gone. And who fills that role the best? It's Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is never going to be a franchise saving wide receiver. But he should be drafted a lot higher this year than he was last year as a rookie. Yet that's the problem with fantasy football players. You overhype folks at rookies when before you've seen them. Then once you see them and realize, oh shit, they're not good, they're not as good as the Mike Mayock thought when he drafted them in the first round, you completely abort them and just completely throw them in the trash. I think Henry Ruggs is a real good opportunity this year to uh, make big plays, to fill that Nelson Aguilar role uh, of the Raiders for Derek Carr. Now Al- Aguilar, had 82 targets, 896 yards and eight touchdowns. I <laughs> mean, he played 13 games by the way. So yeah, rugs could easily fit into that. And with the Raiders have an extra game, i mean, thousand yard season. Absolutely. In, in the cards, for, uh, for Rugs, they average about the same amount uh, of passes, 17.4 for Henry Ruggs. Aguilar was at 18.5 last year. But the eight touchdowns, doable, because they have to replace him somehow. Waller had nine, uh, for crying out loud. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Darren Waller. And I think they'll get the, a lot more targets. 100-plus targets, 60-plus receptions, 1,000-plus yards, and 6-plus touchdowns not bad rugs to me is a good wide receiver for because he's got tremendous upside from there as well. Uh, other guys that I'm in on T Y Hilton talked about him. He's tied to Carson Wentz when Wentz went down and we thought it may be after 12 weeks and maybe he misses six weeks of the season that pretty much destroyed T Y Hilton's value. But now that we're hearing reports that Wentz, they think he could be back for week one. I don't know about that, but we'll see. It's the, with him flinging the ball, Hilton's their best deep ball threat in Indianapolis. So don't completely punt him. Got an ADP of 146 right now. You're talking about the uh, 13th round. Uh, I'm, I'll am i buy that. No problem. A dollar in auction leagues, I'm in. Brashad Perriman, I don't know how much more I could talk about this kid. He's, on, he's in a contract year, one-year deal, going to the same team his dad starred for in the mid to late 90s, Brett Perriman. You know, he wanted to be in Detroit. He's going to be the number one receiver for Jared Goff. The defense isn't very good. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And Perriman's going to be the number one. So another guy you don't want to start a week in and week out. But Rashad, if I get to start Brashad Perriman as my wide receiver four or five, during my elite wide receivers by weeks, it's, it's a perfect scenario. You get a team's number one, bad team that throws a lot. Again, as much as we don't like Jared Goff, he's been to a super bowl. He is a, uh, a solid enough quarterback, you know, maybe in the bottom half of the league is amongst starters, but he's not like having Tyrod Taylor or somebody like that, or Trey Lance even. I'd rather golf start this year than Trey Lance if I'm an NFL head coach. So, yeah, take that. Another Trey Lance jab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I like Brashad Perriman down there, Traquan Smith. Remember, Traquan, everyone buzzing about Marquez Calloway. I, I'm okay with Calloway too in the later rounds. I am. Somebody from the Saints team is going to produce, and it definitely doesn't seem like it's going to be Thomas, Michael Thomas. But the thing to remember about Calloway is that he's absolutely behind Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith empirically absolutely behind both of them in um, in the hierarchy and if it's Jameis Winston maybe two of those guys so maybe if Thomas is out you get something but if Taysom Hill's there you're barely gonna get one receiver to be fantasy reputable and you know whether it's Thomas or Traquan or half of each I don't know you just don't want the third Wide receiver on a team with Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback, which I believe Taysom Hill will be a starting quarterback in New Orleans. So just remember Traquan Smith because he's been dealing with a uh, um, leg injury, uh, uh, and which is why Callaway's getting so much time and running with the ones and that whole deal. Um, other names to know oh, freaking Randall Cobb. Can This is great. If you notice, uh, a serious XM listeners. You may notice when that, when Aaron Rodgers first came back and we, uh, they made that trade for Randall Cobb, I immediately said, Oh my God, we have to buy Randall Cobb. We have to get him. And I said it and I'm like, Shit. That was one of those where I was like, This is going to screw me because I'm going to connect dots in people's minds that they wouldn't have otherwise connected. I don't mind it when it's you guys, even if you're in the league with me, but I really worry about other shows. I worry about other analysts out there that I know listen to my football stuff and copy and emulate it as well. I don't want to give them that, that much of a layup. But so I've laid, I've backed off of it a little bit just publicly, but I will tell you, I'm drafting me Cole Hardman everywhere. I'm drafting Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is a 200 ADP. It's 18th round, 18th freaking round or 17th round. I uh, basically is undrafted in most leagues. If that's your last pick, if it's between Callaway and Cobb, I'm going Cobb. I am. You don't think that Aaron Rodgers is enough of an egomaniac to throw the ball to the Poster child of the Aaron Rodgers trade, the absolute reason he's in camp right now got of the camp because he wants more say so in personnel decisions, and he wants more say so uh, with his receivers and all that. And they go out and get his freaking guy. And you, you're gonna you think for a minute Randall Cobb isn't going to be a focal point? Ah, uh, you're out of your minds. You are out of your minds. Um, yeah, I, I think he does. And I think Cobb will. And uh, and by the way, did you see that press conference? Randall Cobb saying, I'm out of, you know, he's getting out of Houston, like out of purgatory or something. Randall Cobb's a good little player, still in his prime years, just 30 years old. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. And uh, a late round flyer, take a shot on him absolutely freaking lootly. Who else do I got? That That's about it. Um, guys I'm avoiding in the later rounds, the wide receiver position. I have no interest. I mentioned him before, Nelson Aguilar. I don't know what's happening with the new England wide receivers. Jacoby Myers has like, I think Jacoby Myers likely will be the leading receiver in new England, but I, I don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? Again, I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't have any interest in that is all I'll say. I'm not going near Cole Beasley, not because of his vaccination shit, although it does play into it just because, you know, the Buffalo Bills are serious about vaccinations and teammates aren't really happy with him. I don't know how Josh Allen's going to feel about that. You know, he's the definition of a problem player at this point, not because I give a singular shit whether he vaccinates, doesn't vaccinate. I don't give a word if sticks in his ass. I don't care. I don't care about any of these fucks. Like these are my pawns for my game to benefit me. That's it. And if you guys see fantasy football any different, you're an idiot. These guys should be these guys work for you in fantasy football in DFS and betting. They don't, you know, you don't work for that. You have nothing to prove. So Beasley is just too much out there, stupid rap album, dumbest fucking rap album I've ever um uncoverable. He's five eight, now 175 pounds the fuck out of here. Cole Beasley. So I'm not interested in him. Um, I'm not interested in Brian Edwards either. I know he's got some buzz and we talked about why I like Henry Ruggs. I actually think John Brown could fit that Aguilar role as well if need be, but he's never healthy either. But I like John Brown more than I like Brian Edwards um, other late round guys, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is just not being drafted this year as an ADP of 128, and I'm still not buying. Like, nah, nah, not it. Nah, I'm I have no interest at all in the world on Devontae Parker whatsoever. So, um, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Alan Lazard, Green Bay, no, Green Bay receivers, you don't want any of those guys, you want Devonte Adams. You want Randall Cobb, that's it. Aaron Jones and Tunyon, fine. But you don't want any of this other green Bay wide receivers. All right, late round tight ends, pretty much all of them. And not named Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Andrews, or Pitts, right? I mean, that, that's about it. If you're talking late round guys, um, one 120-plus overall in, in ADP right now, um, I, for what it's worth – I like Noah Fant this year. I like Tyler Higby this year, but both are going earlier. Both are in that like middle range where I don't like the middle range. So I'm telling you guys right now, when you're drafting a tight end, take the plunge with Kelsey in the first, if you can get him in the early second, amazing. Assuming Waller comes back to Raiders camp at some point, which I don't think there's anything bigger going on. uh, Second round for Waller is fine. Third round for Kittle is where you should, because of injuries, I can't go more than third on Kittle. That's the highest. If not, then you go to that second tier of uh, of fantasy tight ends, and it's you know you find guys like uh, I mentioned, Hawkinson and Pitts and Andrews, and uh, I have Phantom Goddard in, in there as well. So you get them by like round six or six or seven, and a- after that, just bury the freaking needle on tight end I don't care it doesn't matter you may like Tunyon or Higby or Gronk or Irv Smith or or Logan Thomas or Jared Cook okay okay I shrug my shoulder okay fine but nah. you're better off not using that seventh eighth ninth round pick on the tight end just just because there's no difference I'm telling you even though one might have slightly better years there's no difference between any of those tight ends they're all just a heap and pile of slop, and one slop is better than the other slop. Fine, I'll agree to that, but I'm not worth paying up for in any significant way. So just wait till round 11, 12, 13 instead to grab your tight end and f- whatever one falls to you. That's where I'd be interested in a Thomas Higby, Tanyan, or somewhere around there. Irv Smith is going after pick 120, so he is a round 11 plus guy. I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. But the guy I really want is Gesecki. I mentioned Tua earlier. I'm not pro Tua Tagliaveau at all, but I do like his connection with Mike Gusecki. Uh Tua throwing to the middle of the field, throwing short, rolling out, getting Gaseki on those move routes. Uh, I really like that. I like that a great deal. So I like Gaseki He's my favorite by a mile after pick 120. I think Irv Smith would be my second favorite And then after that, you know, you're really digging. I think that Austin Hooper is being completely and utterly forgotten about. I think that may be a mistake. I think that um, Jared Cook in a non-PPR format, Jared Cook just catches touchdowns all the time. So I think he is in solid spot. I think that, uh, God, I'm intrigued by Gerald Everett, but Seattle has so many wide receiver or tight ends that I don't want to get into a crowded tight end room And, you know, and pull one of those guys who can go zero for zero Dalton Schultz should beat out Blake Jarwin rather easily. Schultz was very productive. Top 12 tight end in fantasy football last year was very productive. Now getting Dak Prescott back and offensive line upgrades uh, with all them back. So don't forget about Dalton Schultz either. If you want a really super deep sleeper, it's the same team I talked about with the chargers, Donald Parham. Six foot eight, guy that could dunk a basketball without even leaving his feet. Just a massive, massive dude who's also incredibly fast, ran at four five in college. He's got the size, the speed. Um, I like Donald Parham a lot. He's had a good camp thus far to this point. And Jared Cook goes down with an injury. Uh, I think Parham will be, I think he'll be a red zone weapon anyway let alone if cook were to go down, he could be a nice little piece in this charger offense as well. So, and then Mo Alley Cox with the Indianapolis Colts, another one. So a couple of my favorites there, uh, the late round guys I'm fading. Well, pretty much every single other person that I didn't mention. I mentioned a couple two men. I'm not gonna. Don't mess with the Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. I know Hunter Henry's got shoulder injury right now. And that, makes us think that johnny smith may be a bigger part but we don't know what's going on why do you sign two big name tight ends why do they agree both to go if they're not both going to be used and if they are both used it's going to be interchangeable how can they're, they're not that different of players either how can you discern which one has a better matchup you just don't Right, you at this point in time, especially you just don't now. Maybe after four weeks, we see oh, using Henry in the goal line or short yardage, using Janu in the middle of the field or Janu's in uh, out in the slot and Henry's on the line. You know, we'll, we'll identify that. Fine, go pick them up then. Once you can isolate how they're being used and where they'll be used better, but until that point, stay away. Get the hell out of there. Don't even mess with that one iota ladies and gentlemen so um there you go fading them fading every other tight end essentially that i didn't mention right there uh do i do kickers in defense oh, i'll just tell you fucking defenses just don't don't worry about defense defense don't draft them early draft them later on denver broncos are going to be very very good chargers will be a lot better you want super sleeper defense it's the arizona cardinals Right. They're going to be much better than people think. The Giants were really good last year, yet nobody's given them any love, in at least in ADP, for their defense. I wouldn't draft the Giants either in a 12-team setup, um, but there you go. Stay away from overrated defenses. The Steelers, massively overrated. I love Washington, by the way. They're early. You have to, early for a defense, I should say but stay away from the Steelers. They're going to regress. I think Miami will regress. San Francisco's not nearly good in that secondary, as you think, despite getting Nick Bosa back. Um, and then the um, uh, Chicago Bears defense, not good. It's 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 bad. Lost both starting corners. Um, just not a good defensive unit. People identify the Bears as being good defense. No, not a good defense whatsoever. All right. So there you go. Holy cow. Look at me right. uh, Right about an hour into this uh, episode and uh, I've hit all the basic positions late around sleepers, late round busts for everybody out there. And stuck to fantasy football pretty intently on this episode. You know, we've got a lot of other, if you guys have topics you want us to hit, you seem to really like the behind the scenes episode, last one with uh, the elite sports crew, me, Ted, Phil and Sandro all uh, gossiping about uh, what happens behind the scenes and everything else. If you guys got questions on that or other folks you want me to bring on the show, um, let me know at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, hit us up in the comments section, no matter where you're downloading. If you're on Stitcher or Spotify or uh, uh, tuned in or iTunes or Google play or wherever you get this podcast, uh, be sure to leave some commentary. Let us know. The ratings really help. You know, I, I'm an old school dude, like a real old school guy that I, I probably don't ever do surveys. I don't ever do ratings or any of that stuff. I just don't. So I get it when you guys don't either, but I will, um, I will, for those interested and really dig the podcast, it does help me out. It, it, you know, there's no money, no monetary thing, but you know, I like to see, you know, bit better numbers and better five star reviews and and all that shit. And, but again, if you don't like the show and say "fuck you, man,"s you stink or whatever, then leave that. I I can take that. Say it. But uh, if you got some time, reviews, ratings, always important on any uh, any forum here for the podcast. And again, I want to do more uncensored stuff. That's you want to know where my mind and my heart is going into 2021 NFL season and eventually into 2022. Uncensored is where I got to be. Like, uh, we, we got to be able to talk like real people talk. And major mainstream media don't want you to say or talk anything. They absolutely freak out every time I talk about anything political. And you can't talk about vaccinations or, or politics or shit. Not that I want to, but I'm not going to pretend it doesn't exist either. That's the problem. That's the biggest thing with me. If you listen to any of my shows, it's I understand I'm not going to do a show where I'm going to talk about people drinking babies' blood and, and just bullshit that you guys don't really want to hear. Even if you're mildly interested or whatever, if you're mildly interested and go listen to somebody that that's their thing and that's their life, right? I'm not here for that. I didn't come successful for that. You're not interested in that. But I'm also not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend it didn't exist, right? I'm not gonna pretend that COVID's not still a thing or vaccines aren't a hot button issue or whatever. Like you i'm not gonna tell humans human beings what to do with their lives i'll tell you i'll fucking knock you upside the head with uh bet with football information and and bad decisions (laughs) things like that from fantasy football fantasy sports dfs sports betting but i'm not gonna tell you how to live your freaking lives i mean do do what you gotta do players do what you gotta do um but yeah you can't do that in the media and you can't do that on a lot of forums and it becomes very restricting to a broadcaster that wants to be as transparent as he possibly can be. So that's where my mind's at. And again, those reviews and all that stuff, telling a friend spreading the word huge help. Huge help there as well. The Elite Sports Listener League, uh, Sirius XM uh, Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87, every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. We qualify two people into an exclusive listener league, got our own prizes. We've got our own, it's four 12 team leagues, 48 participants in this. Um, it's the five of us that work on the show Ray, Ted, myself, Phil, and Sandro, and then 43. Of our closest listeners that qualify. So uh, make sure you're, you're chiming in. People ask, well, "What's the criteria?" Every day we have a new thing, and it's calling into the show. It is social media. It is if you're listening on demand through the SXM app. Uh, you know we have all these ways to qualify to making sure we're spreading far and wide with our um, with who who gets in to compete against us. So uh, make sure and somebody asked me on twitter if well is like i try every day i haven't got in i think we've only done this like 989 days so far just keep going uh, and promise you i see you don't ever think that i'm not paying attention i see the folks that are most that are dedicated i see the reviews i see the tweets i see i see everything all right. I may not react to it, and it's a personality defect maybe uh, of mine, but I see it, and I notice who's trying the hardest, and that means a lot to me. So um, just little uh, tips for those trying to get into that listener league. All right, folks, that is going to do it, episode 78. Can you believe it's 78 already? 78 episodes are in the books. Again, uh, The Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Fantasy Guru Draft Guide, it's there. It's live 24-7 chat room DFS, EliteFantasy.com, Elite Sports Betting for all your legalized sports betting needs. If you guys want to be part of all three and everything that me and the crew are doing, uh, we've got big announcements coming up, by the way, the days and weeks ahead. Additions to our staff, some new tools and articles that we're implementing for the 2021 nfl season you guys if you're a current subscriber everything you you're gonna get everything you thought you were and more believe you me i can't wait to uh unveil some of the stuff to you but get over there if you want all three uh email us support at elitefantasy.com and uh say you want the big three package big three packages all three Sites for a hugely discounted rate. So, uh, over 50% off if you get all three. It's basically getting a whole uh, either betting or DFS for completely free, which is the most expensive. So, uh, email us support at elitefantasy.com. Ask for the big three package. Tell them Jeff Mance sent you and they will hook you up. All right, everybody, that will do it. Uh, Once again, I want to thank you for listening, downloading, commenting, and supporting this podcast as you always do. Remember, you may disagree with some or all that you heard on today's episode. It's perfectly all right. Why? That's right. Because it was one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Do so.